I V M. Have you ever wondered what happens when you enter your email ID in websites? They say it's safe, but is it really? It doesn't even have to be that shady astrology website you visit. It can also be the airport Wi-Fi or your grocery app or any social media. Your data is vulnerable at all times and could lead to financial fraud or identity theft. But thankfully, the internet is becoming a safer place because of companies that are working to protect us from identity theft and other internet horrors. Looking forward to the day when we'll all be safe on the internet. You, me, and the next half billion. The next half billion or the NHP are the core of this podcast. They represent the second big wave of internet users in India, hence the term next. We define them as the cohort of 500 million first-time internet users who have come online via mobile phones in 5 years. From a demographic standpoint, they are mainly from the bottom 60% of India's income distribution. They are owners of small businesses like beauty salons, kirana shops, and also blue-collar workers, domestic workers, security guards, etc. They are building a greater comfort with tech and represent the hustle and ambition of an aspiring India. I'm Nivedita, an ex-engineer turned comedian and writer. I'm Mutsav, also an ex-engineer, market researcher, traveler and podcaster. And you're listening to Smartphone Nation, how the next half billion are shaping their future online. In today's episode, we'll tell you how cybersecurity companies are fighting to make the internet a safer place. So Nivedita, tell me, do you remember ever getting an email about your email ID being leaked in a security breach? I do remember receiving something a few years ago, but I honestly don't remember which company it was. There is an easy way to find out. Are you going to ask me to search my inbox because that's a bad idea? It's an endless bit of unread email in there. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. It's much simpler. Just visit the website Have I Been Pawned and put in your email address and bam, prepare to be shocked. I love these little hacks. I'm guessing you've already done this at some point. I just did it this morning and it has been leaked in 14 separate data breaches going back all the way to 2013 from online grocery to food delivery to social media companies god knows what all the hackers know about me okay this is scary but i'm definitely a lot more paranoid about giving out my email id now checking that website right now just and um yeah i've had six data breaches uh oh <laughs> yeah anyway do we really want to know what good could possibly come off of this Well, honestly, nothing good anymore since the damage is done. But it will give you a sense of how widespread the problem is, and it's not just a nuisance anymore. It has serious consequences. I'm afraid the consequences are worse than I imagine. Tell me anyway, what are they? Of all India Institute of Medical Sciences or AIMS in New Delhi, on November twenty third, twenty twenty two, their systems were hit by a ransomware attack. The hackers essentially encrypted all patient records. reportedly the data of 40 million people the data was inaccessible to the hospital and all services had to go immediately offline the hackers allegedly demanded 200 crores and aims refused to pay the hackers then leaked the data to the dark web for those unfamiliar with the dark web it is a part of the world wide web that allows users and website operators to remain anonymous or untraceable but the reason it has such a bad name is because of all the illegal activity that goes on there Yeah, the dark web is a scary place, but the hacker story sounds like a nightmare. Forty million people is terrible. Yes, and think of the nightmarish scenario of a manual entry process at a hospital as busy as AIMS, 
which treats 12,000 people in its outpatient department daily. The amount of distress, delays in treatment, or even risk to life of a patient caused by all processes going manual may never be known. Please tell me this is a one-off incident. I wish I could tell you that. In May 2021, Domino's Pizza acknowledged that its systems had been compromised and data of 18 crore orders was published on the dark web. This included personal data such as name, email ID and GPS location. This could mean that anyone could search using mobile numbers and search a person's location with date and time, which could be a serious threat to privacy. And these are just the attacks we know about. What about the ones that are not disclosed? Breach disclosure is another problem. And there are some rather strange things which happen. In November 2023, a notorious ransomware group, Alf V and Black Cat, claimed to have breached the systems of Meridian Link. It is a California-based company that provides digital lending solutions for financial institutions and data verification solutions for consumers. In an apparent effort to increase its chances of getting paid, the malicious hackers claim to have filed a complaint with the SEC against Meridian Link. Roughly speaking, SEC is the Indian equivalent of SEBI, a body which regulates the securities and commodities markets in India. The group accused the company of failing to disclose the breach within four business days, as required by the rules. Wait, what you're effectively saying is the criminal went to the police and said that the victim did not report the crime? It's a little more nuanced than that. But yeah, it's not far from the truth. That is the most absurd thing I've heard all day. Don't worry. Laws around this are getting stricter world over. In the US, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA, requires regulated entities to comply with its breach notification rule. UK and Australia also have detailed conditions set out for how to deal with the data breach that includes the loss of protected health information. The UAE also has a clearly defined health data law. The European Union also has a law specifically covering health data. In India, laws are vague enough that there is no clarity on whether Ames is a victim or can actually be held liable for compromising critical data. The recently passed Digital Personal Data Protection Act specifies the obligations of the data fiduciary and data processor in case of a data breach or a ransomware attack. Failure to prevent a personal data breach carries a penalty of up to 250 crore rupees. There is a realization amongst companies on why this is so important. For more on that, join us after this short break. Welcome back. Cybersecurity is more important than before. Hear about it from Shilpa Kumar, a partner at Omidya Network India, an impact investment firm that invests in companies in this space. So, uh, protection of data and how you secure data is really an important problem faced by all kinds of businesses who are using, you know, technology to reach out to customers. As we, you know, increasingly see almost every business get digitized, this becomes really important. I'm glad to hear that companies are taking this a lot more seriously. But all these breaches happening in well-known companies does not mean it's all doom and gloom. There is a typical bias we have when we think of online security or even terrorist attacks. We make our judgments based on the events which have happened. But what about all the attacks which were prevented? We will never get to know about them, right? For example, Microsoft reveals that in last 12 months, it saw an average of more than 4,000 password attacks per second. 
Now compare it to the number of times password attacks are successful. They would be far lesser in number. But because we know about them, they are available data to make a judgment and thus we have availability bias. Hmm, that makes sense. But outside of large companies like Microsoft and Google trying to protect their data, which are the other companies working in this space? Let me introduce you to Rahul Sasi, co-founder and CEO of CloudSec. In a country obsessed with degrees and pedigree, Rahul dropped out of engineering, but that did not stop his education. He learned about cybersecurity out of his own interest and got his first job in cybersecurity at Citrix, a cloud computing company. He went on to start CloudSec, an AI-driven company which focuses on rapid and reliable detection, analysis, alerts and solutions to cybersecurity threats and attacks. Going from being a college dropout to starting his own company is textbook startup. But how exactly do cybersecurity companies think about threats? I will let Rahul explain the very basics of cybersecurity. I say everything, you know, right from you deciding how you should reach your friend's house. You know, that's driven, guided by a computer, uh, um, Google Maps, for instance, which tells you the step-by-step instructions you have to do to go from point A to point B. Now, Google Maps has a lot of information in this process of you using the app. You have The app has a lot of information. It knows who you are, where do you go, how do you go, right? what means of transportation you use, what are the different kind of uh, you know places you have otherwise visited. So they have all this information. So is, so, you know, let's say you have 20, 30 apps like that on your phone. Each of the app has one or the other information about you, right? Now, this information is... Well, it might be it will be critical to you, which is what they are storing on their server. A portion of that data is also stored on your phone. So in security space, there are two. Endpoint security, that is basically things which are stored on your phone, and infrastructure enterprise security, which is that is when Google stores some of their data on their data centers. Security of that. So attackers can attack either endpoints like our devices or attack the infrastructure of companies where our data is stored. Absolutely. And while I have some understanding of how our devices can be attacked, I have never understood how secure company infrastructure gets attacked. Here is Rahul explaining how our devices are attacked. So one of the common things is actually installing a malicious app on your phone or on your computer. Because now... If the app can fit on your device, it can access a lot of data which is stored there. So one of the things people do is they try to trick you into installing some apps. And so the malicious apps can actually read SMS, gallery information, some of the shared data, etc., etc., and upload them to a malicious server. Or and then tricking you into how do you trick them? You know, sometimes you can get a call from someone saying that I'm tech support. Right? You need to install this app for you to perform properly. Many times what they do is they install bad code inside legitimate code. So when you go search for TikTok, maybe the wrong TikTok with the malicious code comes in, then you get then you install that on your phone, you get compromised. Okay. Another one would be, for instance, you get a malicious SMS or a message. And the minute you open that SMS or message or email for that matter, a malicious code will automatically execute on your device. And it will, again, install an app without your knowledge and then start reading all your data. So this is how end consumers are attacked. Some of these attacks are so sophisticated. 
like crypto trading scams, which include elaborate setups. Victims first get lured with quick profits in their first few trades and then begins the con. Telegram groups, manipulated value of cryptocurrencies and peer pressure to keep pumping in money. Even well-educated people who are comfortable with digital technology can fall for them. For the next half billion who could be using their first smartphone, the vulnerability would be higher. Certainly, there are many ways this can happen. They have lower digital literacy and could be more prone to sharing their ATM card and PIN without understanding its implications. This makes them more vulnerable to phishing frauds. And unlike many of us, who would be parking their wealth in a variety of ways, many people from the NHB could have all their life savings in one single account, which means that they could face total financial ruin. This would eventually reduce their trust in digital systems and they would avoid online services. But even if you were able to become perfectly knowledgeable about such attacks, our data could still be compromised at the company level. Let's listen to Rahul talk about it. On a server, they try to attack different, different, there are a lot of vulnerabilities which is associated to a server. They try to see if that vulnerability can be used to extract the data. They'll try to compromise an employee of Google or the company who stores your data, whichever that company is. And, and via from the employee, they can go into the internal servers. They try to hack a vendor. For example, Google might have a third-party vendor who might store some of Google's data. So they hack Google's vendor and from the vendor, they actually then get access to mm. the server. Basically, they look at anyone who has access to the server or those are the people whom they try to compromise so that to get the access. So this is actually in a nutshell how the entire cybersecurity you know, space works. I'm constantly amazed by how much goes on behind the scenes and how many bad actors are out there. Companies like CloudSec today are at the forefront of fighting such actors. Here is Rahul speaking about his involvement with both the government and private entities. We work with every top banks in the country, every private banks, right? We work with the Reserve Bank of India. We work with NBCI. Right? They are all, all our customers. So there would have been some effort we did which would have prevented a bad thing from happening because of our action did not happen, right? So yes, so a lot of our work, uh, and not just mine, by the way, a lot of cybersecurity, you know, communities work is like that. Their inaction can cost a lot, but their action prevented something big from happening, but then would not might not get credit. Companies like CloudSec are making efforts towards device security as well. They have a BeVigil mobile app, which can assess the security of the apps installed in your phone. And they have analyzed over a million mobile apps. This provides more control to users as they now know which apps are secure. That's something I could subscribe to. And to your earlier point about availability bias, here is Rahul telling us about a recent security loophole they plugged. We stopped a few weeks, a few days back, a major security threat where which which would have allowed any attacker on the internet to view UPI transactions going through a particular gateway real time. So that when you just made a payment, you just scanned a QR code, made a payment, the attacker would have been able to see that payment where it was coming from, who it is going to, how much is the amount, right? A lot of information. Now, the virtue of us identifying it and then the company fixing it has stopped bad guys from utilizing the same thing and then scamming people. Imagine the bad guy having this information. The minute you make a payment, you get a call saying that, hey, I'm calling you from the bank. You just made a payment of 83 rupees to this vendor. 
you're like, yeah, yeah, I just made the payment, right? Because that's the only way you establish trust. Now the trust is established, they can always ask, fine, I need you to do one more thing for verification. Pull out your credit card, tell me the last four digits and the 16-digit card number. When they give you, they say, wait for a minute, I have, you'll get an OTP, read that to me as well. But ta-da, you lost all your money, right? And thousands of people would have lost money just if you didn't act on it, you know, not just as the ecosystem of people who acted on it. As you can imagine, so many people, including those from the next half billion, could have fallen for this. Here is Shilpa talking about what makes CloudSec unique. And I, I think what CloudSec does is really continuously look to see what are vulnerabilities for these organizations across size and function. Uh, they kind of uh, continuously monitor uh, what are the threats. Um, uh, uh, in the internet sources, you know, both from surface uh, to uh, the dark and deep web. They look for cyber threats, data leaks, brand infringements, identity thefts. Uh, and then they can come back and share with businesses uh, what are solutions uh, to the things that they have detected. Uh, they can also offer evaluation. And uh, in fact, they do so quite proactively uh, to businesses, uh, especially online businesses, uh, on how they can improve various components of uh, their security uh, to actually uh, move up in terms of stronger protection. I remember when you were speaking with Rahul, he mentioned that the first time he used the internet was in college. And within his lifetime alone, he has gone on to start a cybersecurity company. The smartphone has only accelerated internet adoption and could potentially create many entrepreneurs like Rahul, who will find solutions for problems of today and those of the future. Thank you for tuning into Smartphone Nation. I'm Utsav. And I am Nivedita. This was Smartphone Nation. Tune in next week for another story on how the next half billion are shaping their future online. If you like our show, please subscribe to the Smartphone Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share this episode with your friends as it helps the show reach more people. You can listen and subscribe to Smartphone Nation on the IVM Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is also available in Hindi and Tamil. A special thanks to OMDR Network India for making this season possible. To know how ONI is partnering with bold and purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are working to improve the lives of India's next half billion, visit omedianetwork.in. Tell us what you think of the show. You can find our hosts on Twitter and Instagram. Utsav can be found on the Instagram ID at YWeTravel42. You can reach out to Nivedita on Instagram at niv.prakasam. You can follow IVM on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the ID at IVM Podcasts.